The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Welcome. It has been a minute since we have done a solo shoe show, shoe show, solo show here on Media Noise. But uh, look, the family decided to do an impromptu trip to the beach this weekend. And so here I am at Carolina Beach, just outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, in a vacation rental that has probably some of the worst, least reliable Wi-Fi uh, of any vacation rental I have ever stayed in. So rather than deliver a sort of choppy-sounding episode to you guys. I figured we would cut out the BSM crew this week, and I would just record something special, just me, your old pal Dimitri, talking directly to you as we are on the verge of the first Saturday of the college football season, week zero, because what better way to start the first weekend of action in one of the best sports this country has to offer than with Illinois and Wyoming? Then with Duquesne and Florida State, let's forget about what is going to happen on the field and spend this week talking a little bit about the growing standoff between ESPN and Fox in the pregame show market. Because with Urban Meyer coming back to Big Noon Saturday, as critical as I was of Urban and of Fox in my column Earlier this week, I will tell you, this feels like the show is back to full strength after a year of Urban Meyer pretending he was interested in coaching in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Bob Stoops stepping in to fill that coaching expert role. Like the the show is just better when Urban Meyer is on it. And so I was really thinking about this uh, probably Thursday morning as I was riding my bike down the beach. Is this a year that... Big Noon Saturday, Big Noon Kickoff, which is the name of the pregame show. I think it's Big Noon Kickoff and Big Noon Saturday is the name of the game itself. Is this the year that Big Noon Kickoff, actually, you know what? That is probably a very bad sign that I don't know the difference between the two. Fox, you may want to work on that. Is this the year that Big Noon Whichever really gains serious ground on college game day and closing that viewership gap? between the two shows, because one thing that I think cannot be denied is College Game Day's lead in terms of viewership probably has more to do with routine than anything, right? If you are a college football fan and growing up in the heart of college football country, trust me, I know plenty of people that have no interest in their life in terms of pop culture outside of college football. I think there is a very big market For people that just want no-nonsense, dare I say, no-fun football talk. I think there is definitely a market for something like Big Noon Saturday. I just think the reality is game day had a, what, nearly 30-year head start at this point on Big Noon uh, kickoff, Big Noon Saturday. Again, this is a real problem, Fox. You need to do something about this. But either way, oh, listen to the sweet dulcet sounds of someone's car alarm going off behind me. Just take it in. Either way, I do think that as that show on Fox establishes more of a foothold, 
right, as the idea of Fox being a college football outlet becomes more and more normal for people. And certainly the ratings say that everybody is on board with Fox having that big game at noon each and every Saturday. I think the audience is there. It's just a matter of changing their viewing habits. And by bringing back Urban Meyer, I'm going to touch on some of the things I wrote about in the column here in a moment, because I think it is important. And I actually think it is pretty smart uh, to sort of lean into that anti-woke, anti-cancel culture Fox News playbook a little bit. I'll get into that in just a second. But by bringing back Urban Meyer, I think the bigger strength is Fox is going to be able to point to every single member of their crew and every single member of game day's crew and say, these guys are more accomplished. Our guys won more championships. They won more Heismans and they were associated with the game more recently than anyone on ESPN's crew. I think David Pollock is probably the guy to most recently be on the field on the game day set. And even with Pollock, that is still, I believe I could be wrong about this. I believe Pollock, left for the NFL draft after the 03 season, which would make him at least two years older than uh, than Bush and Leinart, and maybe three years older than Brady Quinn. I, I'm getting into the specifics because this idea of being connected to the game is going to be a really, really important tentpole for Big Noon to reference over and over again in order to cut in to college game day's audience. Listen, I know a lot of people that game day was just the routine. It was just how they started Saturday morning. You know, they may not uh, be the thing they turn on right when they wake up because they wake up long before that 9 a.m. start time. But really, as they are getting going, game day is what is in the background, right? Whether it is streaming it on your phone through your headphones or just sitting down to watch on your television, game day starting at nine o'clock, game day having been around for as long as it has, the tent poles, right? Headgear, celebrity picks, things like that. That's all stuff people know and associate with a college football Saturday. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are devoted to game day. It's a choice of convenience. It's a choice of, I would say, really for so long, no other options, right? Like what else was on at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday? I think that ESPN still puts on as good of a product as there is in the pregame. I don't think it is as good as college football final. I don't think either show is as good as college football final because I think that fills a greater need for the college football community. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But if you are Looking at what a pregame show should be in the age of more and more states legalizing gambling, I think you are going to start to see more people default to something that tells you what is going on in the games in greater detail than telling you the same story of the Alabama kicker kicker that was adopted from Poland. Then telling you the same story again about the Michigan linebacker whose mother died of cancer last week, right? Like those things are a signature part of what game day is. And I'm not saying they are good or bad, but they are fluff, right? They are non-game related, non-football talking point fluff. And Big Noon has eliminated that in favor of more analysis. Now, I'm a guy that likes personality, right? I always want story over uh, stats, over deep dives into what is happening on the field. But I understand that 
pregame shows serve a particular purpose, and I think they are more valuable when the purpose they serve is put out on Front Street. And I think that's what Big Noon does. I think Big Noon very uh, not subtly is targeting the gambler. Now, I also think that they are targeting the audience that Fox is very good at targeting, which is that middle America, uh, deep red state sort of audience. And listen, that's pretty smart when it comes to college football, because brother, there is a lot of overlap. I'm not even just talking about the power centers of college football, right? I'm not just talking about Tuscaloosa. I'm not just talking about Clemson. I'm not just talking about Columbus. I'm talking about the places like, say, Nebraska, right, where the Cornhuskers are the only unifying thing in the state. I mean, I do think that while you are not necessarily going to see, uh, you know, hardcore right-wing MAGA talking points on Big Noon from day to day, like, it's not an accident they include Clay Travis on that show, right? It's not an accident that Urban Meyer's return to television is being sort of framed as uncanceling the guy. Or maybe I should say uh, the failures in Jacksonville and the reason he is back on television is being framed as cancel culture, right? These things are not an accident. And I got to tell you, as much as I think it is a little bit goofy looking, and if you read that column, and listen, I heard from people at Fox that pointed to me sort of pointing out the parallels between the Fox News playbook and the way they are bringing back Urban Meyer and saying, I have zero credibility. This is obviously a political gripe that I have. Look, you it's fine that you feel this way, but don't deny that I'm right. The playbook is the same. I'm not telling you that there is some sort of moral wrongdoing in bringing back Urban Meyer and framing it as uncanceling the guy. I'm saying that you are following a playbook, which, by the way, has proven to be pretty successful with what is largely the same audience. Why not say, yeah, you're right, that was a strategy? I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. So what does game day do in response now, I think is the bigger question, because even though this is a return and not exactly introducing a brand new cast member, and I think it is fair to argue that Urban Meyer's credibility has taken a hit, even if his great failure was in the NFL and not in college football, I still think his credibility has taken some sort of a hit. Still, this is a big deal. Bringing him back is a big deal for Fox and for Big Noon, and it should be because he is very good as a coaching analyst on television. I wrote this in the article. I thought as a game analyst at ESPN, what was that, back in 2011, 2012? I just didn't think he was very good. 2013, maybe? He just wasn't very good. He just didn't seem very natural in a game. But when he has time and resources to really break down what it is a coach is thinking in a moment or reacting to a play, I think he really found his groove there. And I think this is going to give Big Noon a shot in the arm. So how does game day respond? I mean, right now, some of what they have been doing since last season is celebrating the history of game day. And I think you are going to see more and more of that as we get closer to clearly coming to the end of the run of Lee Corso on game day, nobody wants to acknowledge it out loud. Not on blend, right? Like Corso, Sunshine Schooner, Coach, he is such a big part of our college football family from week to week. Nobody wants to think about game day without him, but the reality is 
him being on game day makes it a little bit hard to push game day forward because he is such a big part of that show. And what I mean by that is even though they have rolled back how much physically he is there on game day from week to week, he is the signature part of that show and will be as long as he is a part of that show. No matter what Kirk Herbstreet is, no matter how much bigger from year to year uh, Desmond Howard's profile goes, it is all going to run through Lee Corso in a lot of people's minds. On top of that, you know, you think about Kirk Herbstreet signing with Amazon this year to do Thursday Night Football. And I know Herbie is dedicated to calling Thursday night games in the NFL and Saturday night games for college. And he is, you know, wants to stay on game day. I think that is all commendable. I don't think it is sustainable. And I don't know that ESPN has done a great job of building up, okay, who do we elevate when we say farewell, when it's time to move on from Corso or from Herb Street for whatever the reason may be. I don't think there is anybody in the Rolodex necessarily. I always thought Gene Chizik was a really good coaching analyst. I don't know that he fits what it is you need for game day. Do you turn to Steve Spurrier? Steve Spurrier is not that much younger than Lee Corso is. So I think when you have these big personality-driven shows, as much as I like that in a pregame show, as much as I think that is important to make guys sitting around a table with no movement around or behind them that matters interesting, I do think you are at the mercy of how long you have those uh, personalities that you've turned into stars. You're at their disposal, right? So ESPN did the smart thing a few years ago by elevating Pollock. They did the smart thing by bringing Desmond Howard on board. Would the idea be when it is time for Kirk and Lee to move on, you just stick with Reese, Desmond, and David, and maybe you add a former coach in there? Maybe that is the play. I'm not quite sure. But I do know that Big Noon is is getting a shot in the arm in a year where things seem a little bit uncertain for game day, or at least the path forward seems a little bit uncertain for game day. Where they are going to overlap, where the two shows are going to overlap this year that I think is a mistake for Big Noon, is taking Fox's pregame show on the road. I think that game day works on the road, A, because we don't know it any other way at this point. Like, it has been years since they have regularly done the show from a studio in Bristol, Connecticut. But also, the fluff is part of what makes it worth going out there to see. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever stood in the crowd for a game day episode before. It is boring. It is incredibly boring. So if you don't have anything but guys sitting on a dais, I don't know how that is worth coming out for if going out for it is not a part of a tradition when there is a big game at your campus. I think that is the hurdle that Big Noon has to get over that game day has already cleared. There's nothing you can do about history, right? There is no way, no matter how much money the Murdochs have, no matter how good the five guys on the set of Big Noon are, there is no way to go back in time and give Big Noon the kind of history that college game day has, I thought that being in studio worked for Big Noon. I really did. I thought that it was a real sort of uh, line in the sand, so to speak, of, look, this is the non-fluff show. You don't need all of the hoopla and the nonsense behind us in order to have a compelling, interesting pregame show. But they're doing that now. They're going on the road. And so I wonder 
what does going on the road do for you if you are not including the fluff that game day has in this sense that that part of game day that hardcore football fans don't like is going to be what works for it in front of a larger crowd. But look, we are going to get, I think you would call them toned down versions of each show in week zero. And then we get them both at full force in week one. Uh, I'm excited to see what we get going forward in this sort of battle, because as we fall into that SEC, ESPN versus Big Ten and Fox tag team future, which we are barreling towards in college football. It's going to be really interesting to see how each show frames the other networks conference. I I think that we are at the dawn of a really exciting time to be a college football fan if you are the type of fan that consumes all the media about the sport. And that will get going in earnest. Uh, This weekend, as we start a brand new college football season, speaking of which, next week at the site, countdown to coverage, a series, five days, me, Archie Shea, and Garrett Seawright breaking down the best that college football media has to offer. Do not miss it. I'll talk to you next week, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.